welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Let us know that on Friday night, um, Pastor Warren was headed, they were both headed to uh, Baton Rouge um, to see his family. And Faith and Max, um, their five-year-old son, was riding in a in the vehicle behind them about 20 minutes. And uh, Warren was driving a little car that he'd purchased to sell. Um, and they were headed down the highway. And there were, apparently there was an accident um, somewhere ahead of Warren, and he didn't see it. And there was a semi stopped in the road, and Warren hit it um, from the rear full speed and died on the scene. Um, and then, of course, Faith and Max came up on the scene 20 minutes later. So I want us to take a moment because um, a family's missing a dad and a husband and a church. Is, this is what has messed with me today is that I don't want us to take this for granted, the fact that we get together like this, that we get together like this, because it, you never know. And... Uh, there's a church in San Antonio that's hurting today. The Bible says that if the shepherds struck, the sheep scatter. And so we need to lift them up. So, Father, this morning we pray for um, Faith and Susie and Katie and Max. We pray for that family. I pray that your Holy Spirit, your word declares that you are the comforter. You do your best work when you comfort. And so I just pray that you would comfort them in this unexpected moment. Um, this was not their choice, not their preference. They didn't think this was going to happen. And so we just pray that you would meet them right there in the midst as, as you do so well. And Father, we pray especially for the Healing Place Church this morning. I know they're going through it. And I just pray that your Holy Spirit would wrap them up and that you would, all, you would remind them so significantly this morning that you are the head of the church, that this is your church and that you are in control. And so we just ask you to touch them and comfort them. And I pray that they would not scatter. I pray that you would allow the Holy Spirit to keep them together and strengthen them in the days to come. We ask you to do this in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. See, I know, um, I know what Warren would say to me. It's, it's ironic. We sat in our living room last two Sunday nights ago for about five hours talking about the fact that most of our heroes were either getting older or had already passed on. And we looked at one another and we said, um, whether we see ourselves like this or not, we got to step up into this role. And that here's the phrase we use, we got to finish well. Um, I did, <laughs> I'm all right with that statement. We just didn't know he was going to finish so soon. But I know what Warren would say to me today. Um, I know him well enough to know he'd look at me, he'd go, Bo? He, he would say, it's a good day. It's a good day. And then he would look at me and he said, you better preach. And so I'm going to do, <laughs> do my best. So uh, we've been talking about filters. And um, uh, in this world where things are not always as they seem, let me just testify for a moment and tell you, this is off subject, but I'll tell you anyway, Warren was real. The same Warren you saw in the pulpit was exactly how he was in person. Um, his personality filled every room. Um, he would grab you and hug you. Uh, told Tara yesterday, I haven't posted on Facebook because um, Faith asked us not to since she had not yet and we're waiting on her. But I think the thing that has struck me in all of this is that um, the, what you saw take place between us here where 
we embraced, that was not just for church. He did that to me at every restaurant I ever met him at. Um, it just didn't matter. He would just engulf you. I do notice this. I told Tari last night, I did notice this. I actually thought this, <clears throat> that, that that hug was longer. Um, it wasn't uncomfortable. It was just longer. And I thought it was odd. I was like, man, this is a long hug. It's not like I was wanting out of it. Um, <clears throat> it was just long. And... Um, I was uncomfortable for y'all, not for me. I was like, I'm in, this is all right with me. And um, I think maybe the Lord just knew that one was going to have to last a while. So I just want to challenge you. This is what I'm going to post. Hug longer. Love harder. Take moments and invest. Okay. It's a good day. So. We've been talking about filters. I mentioned a filter or a video to you last week that, as I said it, I realized that many of you have never seen it. I could tell on, the face, on your face as I mentioned it. So I've got that video for you. Teresa, would you play that and let me gather my thoughts as uh, you watch this. This is a hilarious video. Um, So, uh, <laughs> uh, when filters are used incorrectly, they can cause issues in our lives. Uh, and I think uh, the only thing worse than using filters incorrectly is when we have no filters at all. And so we've been talking about, we're going to wrap this up today. Um, I, I've been talking to you about using the filter of silence, reestablishing the filter of silence in your life. Talk to you about having a filter of grace, that we need to approach one another with grace. We talked last week about the filter of origin, being able to learn to discern, is this from God, is this from the enemy? There are a lot of other filters I wanted to take the time. I literally had intended to stay in this series all the way up to Easter. Um, I'm going to exit it today, but if I'd had time, I wanted to talk to you about the filter of, of, uh, of purity because I believe that our power comes from our purity. It's, it's the setting apart that causes us to be different. Um, I wanted to talk to you about the filter of position, that if you could ever figure out who you are in Jesus, it would cause you to act different, think different, uh, believe different, live different. I wanted to talk to you about the filter of patience, because I think we're okay with the suddenly moving God. We become anxious when we have a slowly moving God, and he's both. He's a, he's a suddenly God. He can step in and work a miracle right in this moment, but a lot of times he moves slowly. And as I started uh, preparing this series, I, I knew I needed to get here. I told you last week I was excited about learning to discern because I also want us to get to this. So, so what I want to tell you this morning, this is where we're going to end. One of the filters that we need most in our life is the filter of assignment. Uh, that doesn't sound like that big of a deal except for the fact that if you don't know what you're assigned to do, it can destroy your life. 
It can be deadly. Um, you will constantly be distracted and you will constantly be deterred and you will never fulfill the will of God on your life. And I just want to stop long enough to tell you this morning, we all have a call from God on our life. You don't have to be a preacher with a microphone. You don't have to be a worship leader on stage. You don't have to be any of that. You just, little O you and little O me, we're all called. We have a call in our life. And so we need to understand that. So the filter of assignment forces me to constantly ask myself some questions. Here are the questions. Um, they're not in your notes, but I encourage you to write these three questions down that you should ask yourself on a regular basis. Number one, what is good for my goal? Because if you know you're on assignment, then you have to think about, is this good for my goal or bad for my goal? Uh, you need to ask this question. What is a distraction and what is a destiny moment? Because in this day and age, too many of us are so distracted by everything going around us that we fail to fulfill the assignment of God on our life. We need to ask this question. What furthers me and what fails me? Because not everything that you're doing right now is furthering you towards your assignment. It's not that it's a bad thing. It's not that it's wrong. It's just that it's not furthering you towards the assignment that God has on your life. And so without the filter of assignment in place, you will become stopped by time eaters. You will be distracted by what others say is an emergency. Um, uh, so people will run to you all the time and tell you this is essential. And it, it may be for them, but it's not necessarily for you. And if you don't know the assignment that God has placed on your life, they will eat up all of your time and energy. Um, uh, so, 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 so I, 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 need, I need to help you because I think there are probably many in this room. Um, th this, was, this was the call of God on Warren's life. This has been the call of God on my life that we're trying to help people figure out what the assignment of God is on their life. But many of you sitting in this room right now still don't even know. You're like, Pastor Steve, I don't know what the assignment on, on my life is. And so I just want to help you with a couple of nuggets this morning and then we're going to get into some other stuff. But I want to tell you that sometimes our deficiencies Deficiencies are our direction. You say, well, what are you talking about? Sometimes we miss our assignment because we get so caught up about what, and so caught up on what we can't do. And our can't do's help us steer away from the things that are not our assignment. Some of you are trying to do stuff you can't do. And therefore, you can't do what God's called you to do. Some of you are like, I'm, I'm going to be a worship leader, and, and, and it doesn't matter what it's going to take. The problem is you can't carry a tune in a bucket. You can't do it. And yet, it's eating all of your time and all your energy. And some of you are like, I'm going to be this. I'm going to be a, a rap star. You can't rap. You, the only, you can't even rap Christmas gifts, much less stand up. <laughs> 45, 50-year-olds saying, if I could just get in the studio, you ain't never getting in the studio. Come on, man. So, so deficiencies can become our distinctive. So we don't spend time on our deficiencies. Instead, we look at our strengths and we follow them to our station in life. You find out what you're assigned to do because God has placed things in you that you're good at, that you're better at than the average Joe, that nobody else can do like you can do, and you follow that. Um, there's a particular passage of scripture I want us to go into because I think it helps us because I think we see ourselves here. Um, I know we quote this. So join me in Jeremiah chapter 1. 
Beginning in verse 4 down through verse 10, I want you to listen to what it says. It says, the Lord said to me, God talking to Jeremiah, I knew you before you were formed within your mother's womb. Before you were born, I sanctified you and appointed you as my spokesman to the world. Oh, Lord God, I said, I can't do that. There's the cancer. I'm far too young. I'm only a youth. Don't say that, he replied, for you will go wherever I send you and speak whatever I tell you to. And don't be afraid of the people, for I, the Lord, will be with you and see you through. Then he touched my mouth and said, see, I've put words in your mouth. Today your works begin to warn the nation and the kingdoms of the world in accord with my words spoken through your mouth. I will tear down some and destroy them and plant others and nurture them and make you strong and great. So this is one of the most quoted passages of scripture by Christians that I hear. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, we, we, we place ourselves as Jeremiah in the account because we want to remind ourselves and assure ourselves that yes, we are called. Yes, we are known. Yes, we are anointed. Yes, we are appointed. And so we see ourselves as Jeremiah in chapter one. We go, you know what? We're assigned. How many of you have ever quoted this about yourself? How many of you have ever said this about your children? How many have had people say this over you when they're talking to you about what God wants to do through before God ever formed you, He knew you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so He knew us. We're anointed, and so here's the issue: we are like Jeremiah. We are like him in chapter one, but then because we've dislodged or discarded the filter of assignment, we end up like Jeremiah in chapter twenty. Uh, Jeremiah is called, he's anointed, he's appointed, he's the assigned one. He sounds so much like us, but he sounds even more like us in chapter 20. Notice, I want you to notice the difference. In chapter one, God speaks over him and says, I know you, I've appointed you, I've chosen you, I've handpicked you, I've selected you, sounds like us. But then in chapter 20, listen to what Jeremiah comes back and he says, he says, oh Lord, you've deceived me. You've deceived me when you, when you promised me your help. I, I, I have to give them your messages because you are stronger than I am. But now I am the laughing stock of the city, mocked by all. You have never once let me speak a word of kindness to them. Always it is disaster and horror and destruction. No wonder they scoff and mock and make, make my name a household joke. And I can't quit. For if I say I'll never again mention the Lord, never more speak his name, then his word in my heart is like fire that burns in my bones and I can't hold it in any longer. Yet on every side I hear their whispered threats and if I'm afraid we will report, they say, even those who were my friends are watching me waiting for a fatal slip. He will trap himself, they say, and then we will get our revenge on him. So God, now Jeremiah comes to God and says, God, you lied to me. We sound a lot like Jeremiah in chapter one. He formed me. He hand-selected me. He's assigned me. He picked me. But we also sound a lot like Jeremiah when he said, you deceived me, God. You lied to me because of the fact that I'm operating no will with no filter of assignment. I have forgotten that you've assigned me. And so now with no filter of, of assignment, I can, I, when I view my own life, all I see is the pain and the heartache and the tragedy and the trouble and the difficulty. And this is not what I signed up for. And this isn't easy. And this is costing me. And this is difficult. And so with his filter of assignment set aside, Jeremiah looks at God and he says, you you lied to me. You deceived me. Jeremiah chapter 1, formed, known, handpicked, anointed, favored. 
And then in Jeremiah chapter 20, God, you deceived me. Jeremiah simply lost his filter of assignment because of what he was going through in that moment. It did not look like what God said it was going to look like to fulfill the assignment. Some of us struggle because chapter 20 doesn't look like chapter 1. And so, so without the filter of assignment, what happens is we will exit the story before the final chapter has ever been written. Ever been there? I thought you said, God. That's chapter one. I, I, I thought you called me, God. That's chapter one. I, I thought you had a job for me, God. That's chapter one. But now comes chapter 20. Life comes and problems come and distractions show up and decisions that I've made derail me and choices that I've made distract me and addictions come into my life and brokenness comes into my life and tragedy invades my life. And now because I, I wake up that one day and, I, and I've dismissed and I don't know how to filter this with the assignment on my life, I, I, I can no longer connect the dots between what I'm going through to what you've called me to. And so I'm out. I'm gone. I'm going to exit this race. I'm going to quit. I'll throw in the towel. I'll settle for what is, what is instead of what can be and what will be. And so we struggle. I want to help you today. God often tells us what he wants us to do. We just don't always know what we're going to have to go through to get it done. Don't look at me like that. Some of you missed what I just said. I just, tried, I, just, I just dropped a bomb on you. Some of us need to recognize that God has told us what he wants us to do, but we don't always know what we're going to have to go through to get done what he told us we would do. And, and so that, here's why that's important, because God may send you on an assignment to help someone, but what he didn't tell you was, and what you don't know is, is that they may reject your help. God may set you up as a missionary at your job. That's what he's assigned you to do. But what you may not know is that when, when you are that missionary on your job, you may just become the laughing stock and the, the blunt of every joke, the point of every joke. As you try to share hope, they're going to laugh at you and make fun of you. And if we're not careful when that happens, we forget we're assigned. So, 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 um, if you don't know and remember that you're assigned, you'll quit. And that, that's true in every area of life. That can happen in marriage. Before marriage, you're, you're like, like, man, it's, it's romantic and you can't get enough of one another. And it, you're just buried. I mean, you're, you're praying for wedding day because you can't hardly keep your hands off, your, off each other. I mean, you're just like, you're in it. It's like, it's like roses every day. I mean, it's like crazy. But then after marriage... When, when they run the coffee machine out of water every day. When, when, when they squeeze the, the toothpaste from the wrong end. When, when, they, when they leave their clothes everywhere. It's in that moment that if we're not careful, we will forget that we were assigned. And we go, mm-hmm, you lied to me. You don't really look like that all the time. <laughs> you're, not really like, you're not really like sucking on breath mints 24 hours a day. Come on, somebody. Somebody knows. What, uh, 
And all of a sudden, you will exit. You will walk away from your assignment because you will go, you deceived me. For some of you, that can happen. It's true at jobs, too. Um, you, you thought it was going to be all promotions and best employee awards. What you didn't know is that you wouldn't want to get up on some mornings and that you would prefer to stay in bed. And what you didn't know is that you were going to get passed over time and time again. But, but, but if we have a filter of assignment in place, you will wipe the sleep from your eyes and you will get your tired rear end up out of bed and you will make your way to work recognizing that this is my assignment. And if I have to go through some stuff, and even though they may look over me and forget me I'm assigned here and God sent me here then I can then I can hold on even on the bad days and even on the weeks I don't want to go in so God has given you this assignment I I, I need to remind you what my dad taught me so long ago best advice he ever gave me and that is this silence is not permission to quit God makes assignments on our lives and 20 years later, we're going, wait a minute, God, from chapter one, I was all excited about what you told me I was supposed to do and now for 20 chapters, it's quiet and I think you may have lied to me. Silence is not permission to quit. You just got to filter everything you're going through with a recognition and an understanding that you are in fact assigned. So here's, here's what I've discovered. Um, uh, assignments are always accompanied by agitation. I'm going to help you this morning. In the few minutes I've got left, I need to help you. I've got to do it quick. Assignments are always accompanied by agitation. Jeremiah's like, I know I'm assigned, but I didn't expect to be treated this way. I didn't expect to be mocked this way. He almost missed his assignment because he got focused on the agitation and the aggravation of what was happening to him in route to completing his assignment. Uh, I, I think we're like Jeremiah because we actually think, some of y'all are sitting in here right now thinking, if I can ever just figure out what I'm assigned to do, then everything will become easy. I think if I can figure out what God has called me to do in life, then it's going to be cakewalks and ice cream cones every day from here forward. But I need to tell you this morning that assignments are always accompanied by aggravation and agitation. There are three kinds. I need to help you this morning. There are three kinds that you will experience one of these three types of aggravations uh, and, and agitations as you fulfill the assignment of God on your life. Number one is storms. If you're called by God, uh, knock, knock, <laughs> wake up, storms will come. I, I, I just need to tell you that a storm is temporary. It will pass the enemy will try to use a storm to get you to quit your assignment. And if you're not careful, your emotions in the middle of the storm that you're going through will accomplish what the storm cannot. It will cause you to exit your assignment prematurely. So, so I just need to remind you that, 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 that those of you that are in the room that recognize yourself as Jeremiah chapter 1 but now find yourself in Jeremiah chapter 20 and all hell is breaking loose in your life and storms are rolling in, can I just remind you that this too will pass? Can I just remind you in the middle of the storm that Jesus said we will go to the other side? Can I just remind you in the middle of the storm that you're facing this morning that Jesus is in the boat with you and what you're going through will pass. Stay in the assignment because it's just a storm. 
But some of you aren't dealing with storms. Some of you are dealing with thorns. Thorn is different than a storm. A thorn is, is a, a, it's a satanic attack, and it's satanic messengers come against your life. Paul said that he had a thorn that buffeted him. That to buffet means to strike repeatedly. And some of you are right there right now. It's something that doesn't kill me. It just bothers me repeatedly. It's like every time I turn around, he's hitting me. Every time I turn around, he's striking me. And it's not killing you, but it is, it is distracting you. And it's causing you to be miserable. And it's captured your attention. And it's causing you to think about abandoning, you, abandoning the assignment of God on your life. And what I want to say to you, I just need to say someone, to someone this morning that's not dealing with a storm. They're dealing with a thorn. I just need to remind you when you've been struck over and over and over and over again, don't give up. Don't give in. If the enemy is striking you over and over again, then it is just an indication that your assignment is so important that you've got his attention. I just need to tell somebody in the room this morning, maybe you'll catch this, maybe you won't, but dogs don't bark at parked cars. It's only as you start following God towards your assignment, you start doing things for his glory, you start accomplishing things for him, then the enemy comes and attacks and brings, brings thorns against you. And so don't quit. You must be on the right path. If your family's enduring attacks right now, you must be on the right path. If you if at work you're miserable and think you can't hang on one day longer, can I tell you, you must be on the right path. If all your coworkers are making fun of you and ridiculing you and saying you're never going to amount to anything, you must be on the right path. If the, the addiction that you thought was broken is coming back against you again and again and again and I can't seem to get a hand on it, you must be on the right path because that it's just a thorn. It's just the enemy trying to get you to stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Every assignment is accompanied by an aggravation and an agitation. The third one is this, crosses. Every calling also has a cross. A cross is different than the other two because a cross is an inconvenience you choose to endure because you value your assignment more than you're concerned about your comfort. You're not in control of a storm. You don't get to say when the storm comes. You're not in control of a thorn because you don't get to say when that happens. But you are in control of crosses. You have the ability to pick it up and lay it down anytime you want to. That is why I'm here this morning to remind you about the filter of assignment because a filter of assignment is crucial because if you don't filter everything through your calling, then it will cause you to lay your cross down when it becomes heavy. And without the filter of assignment, you will try to unload the cross to get to next. The dilemma this morning I need to share with you is this, is you can't get to next without a cross. The reason that is true, the reason that crosses are necessary is because God is trying to develop our char character on our way to our finish line. He's not always trying to develop our gift. We get sidetracked sometimes thinking, this is all about God developing the gift that's in me. I need him to develop my gift to sing. I need him to get, develop my gift to teach. I need him to develop my gift to, to play instruments. I need him to develop my evangelistic gift. I need him to develop my hospitality gift. Can I tell you this morning that God's not always trying to develop our gifts, most of the time he's more concerned about developing our character. 
That's why crosses are necessary so that when we finish the race and we win and we fulfill what God has called us to fulfill, then at that moment we will handle success correctly and we will step aside and give glory to the one to whom glory is due and we will recognize that without his help we would not be able to accomplish what he accomplished in and through us we need a cross by the way can I tell you this morning that God is committed to finishers well done thou good and faithful servant well done to the one who finished what he was assigned to do God is not that committed to people that throw in the towel way too early. He's committed to people that will stay the course, that will continue in the path, that will keep fighting and carrying crosses they don't necessarily have to go carry because I want to get to what he's called me to do. And finally, uh, a couple of things I just need to tell you real quickly that assignments are always Accompanied. Well, you just told us that. Why are you telling us that again? Because I need to tell you, assignments are accompanied by agitation, yes. But Jeremiah gets his filter back in place and he realizes something else. His assignment is also accompanied not only by storms and thorns and crosses. His assignment is accompanied by God himself. Uh, uh, Jeremiah finally figures out the good news and he says it like this in chapter 20 verse 11 but the Lord stands beside me like a great warrior and before him the mighty terrible one they shall stumble they cannot defeat me and they shall be shamed and thoroughly humiliated and they shall have a stigma upon them forever in other words Jeremiah comes to the realization he gets the filter back in place and he recognizes this truth that I'm trying to help you with this morning regardless of whatever storm regardless of what thorn regardless of whatever cross he is with you not only is your assignment accompanied with bad stuff it's also accompanied by God's presence God's presence God never assigns us and then abandons us as long as he is obedient, as long, as long as Jeremiah is obedient to the call in his life, Jeremiah concludes that God is with him and that he will fight for him. And there's good news for you today. God responds if you're obedient. Obedient produces protection. He is with us when we are obedient to the assignment in our life, when we refuse to be distracted or deterred, when we refuse to exit the story early before the last chapter is written, when we have the filter in place, we recognize that in the storm, when we're beat up with thorns, when we're carrying our cross, that he is with us, he is fighting for us. Miracles always occur on the other side of obedience. And finally, I want to just tell you this morning, that our options are illusions. When we drop the filter of assignment, we begin to think we have options. Some of you are, have, are starting to treat what God has called you to do as optional. You, you, you treat what God has called you to do as optional. I, I, I toss aside the filter so now I think I can do something else. I think I can follow my own path. Y'all, y'all. I, 
I, I'm here and I feel called and I feel assigned and I feel anointed and I feel appointed. But now I'm marching through life and in along about chapter 15 or 16, a, a storm rolls into my life and along around 17, a thorn keeps hitting up against me. And along, along around 19, I gotta pick up a cross and in chapter 20, I turn around and go, I don't like this. I don't prefer this. I don't wanna go through this. I'm ready to exit the scene. I will do what I wanna do. And so now we think we can do something else. But we need, to listen. we need to learn from Jeremiah. Because when he gets to chapter 20 and says, God, you lied to me. And this is harder than I thought it was going to be. And this was more painful than I expected. In chapter 20, he comes back around. And in verse 9, he makes a declaration. He says this, I can't quit. Then he goes on and he says, for if I say I'll never mention the Lord, never more speak in his name, then his word in my heart is like a fire that burns in my bones and I can't hold it in any longer. In other words, Jeremiah realized all that stuff I thought I could go to, all the distractions I thought I could run to to get away from all this pain, all this trouble, all this nightmare going on in my life. I can go be a used car salesman and sell cars instead because they won't make fun of me then. I can, I can go deliver mail when you've called me to deliver your word instead. I'll just go do my own options. Jeremiah goes, wait a minute. <laughs> I can't quit. I can't quit. And I just came to tell somebody this morning, you will never get away from your assignment. In fact, Jeremiah figured something out. The call of God is without repentance. You cannot get away from it. You, you may be successful in the nature. Here's the problem. You'll never enjoy it. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to help you right now. Peter, you can go back to fishing if you want to. The only problem is you won't catch nothing. And you will be miserable and probably get sunburned in the process. Jonah, run the other way. But you can't get away. Samson, chase the distractions and you will still end up in your last days crying out to God to help you to complete your assignment. Get the filter back in place and what you discover is that the options are nothing but illusions. You will never find fulfillment. You will never find satisfaction. You will never find peace in anything other than what God has assigned you to do. So I take you back to the same statement that I made. Well done, thou good and faithful service, servant. But it doesn't stop there. It says, enter in to what? Your rest. And I just wanted to come by this morning and remind you that when you fulfill your assignment, because that's not just about heaven. We're all trying to get to heaven so we can hear Jesus say, well done good and faithful servant. Now enter your rest. But that's not just about heaven. I don't believe it. I think it's about right now too. I think you need to understand that when we fulfill the assignment of God on our life, he looks at us and he goes, well done. You good and faithful servant. Enter in 
and find your rest. Here's what I need you to hear this morning. Then I'll get out your way. When you're pursuing all the options and when you're pursuing the illusion of all your options, it doesn't lead to rest. It leads to unrest. But the moment you correct course like Jeremiah and say, ooh, I don't like what I'm going through and I wished I could quit, but I can't. And I wished I could lay down the cross, but I know I can't. And I march into what God has called me to do. In that moment, I find I need you to reestablish the filter this morning. What are you called to do? I need you to view all your agitations and all your aggravations through this filter. I need you to come back to this place where you determine in your own spirit that you will not let storms or thorns or crosses keep you from finishing because you know you're not traveling alone if you stay on assignment. I need you to get your attention off of your options, the illusion of your option, and refocus like, set your face like flint on what God has called you to do and follow him. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here this morning and you'd say, Steve, I know I'm called. I know I'm assigned. I know he's got a task for me to do. But I feel like Jeremiah chapter 20 today. I feel like God has lied to me. I'm going through some stuff. There's some storms rolling in. There's some thorns buffeting me. There's some crosses that are kicking my rear right now. And I feel like quitting. I'm checking options right now. If that's you, could you do this real quick? Would you just raise your hand? You can pull it right back down. No one's looking around. I thought I was right. I'm thinking about just giving up right now. Yeah. So, Father, you saw every hand that was raised. I pray that in this moment what you would do is you would remind us, even when we find ourselves in chapter 20, remind us of chapter 1. We are called, we are assigned, handpicked, selected, appointed. And I pray that in this moment of decision where we are at this breaking point, I pray that you would remind us that we're not alone. We're not alone. You're with us. You're a great and mighty warrior. You're with us. You're fighting for us. You haven't abandoned us. And so we can trust you in this moment. And I come against every option that seems like it's real in our minds right now. And we recognize that if we quit now, we are destined for defeat, but we will stay the course. We will stay. Let guts, let grit, let determination rise up in us. Let, a, let an attitude rise up in us that we will finish what you've called us to do whatever it costs. I pray that you would do this in us. Remind us this morning of what we're called to so we won't be trapped by what we're going through. I pray you would do this in Jesus' name. Would you lay your hand on your neighbor real quick? Father, I pray for my brother, my sister, those on each side of me. I don't know what they're going through. They smiled when they came in here. 
But deep down inside, they feel like yelling, God, you lied to me. I pray this morning you would strengthen them. Remind them that they were chosen. They are chosen. God, I pray that we would stay the course because here's the truth, Father. Help us to know this today. When one of us falls, when one of us checks out, when one of us throws it all aside, it impacts all of us. I pray you'd remind my brother and my sister this morning that if they quit, it hurts me. If I quit, it hurts them. Help us to stay the course so that we walk with one another into fulfillment. In Jesus' name, encourage us today, I pray. In Jesus' name. Come on, would you just look at your neighbor right now and say, you can't quit. You can't quit. Tell them, come on, tell them. Tell your, turn around, tell your other neighbor. Don't you dare, don't you dare even think about quitting. Don't quit. If you're here and you don't know Jesus and you're not in relationship with him, you're going to want to quit. I can promise you because you're fighting this thing alone. The best decision you will ever make in life is to surrender your heart and life to him because then he's with you. The word teaches us that he will never leave us, never forsake us. So would you do this with me with, uh, just real quick, every head bowed, every eye closed, just real quick. If you're here this morning, you say, Steve, I don't know Jesus. I'm not in relationship with him and I wanna give him my life this morning. Would you just raise your hand? You can pull it right back down. Say, I need him. Maybe you're watching online and you need to give your life to Jesus this morning right there in the chat. Would you just say, I need him. So Father, you see us. We recognize we need you desperately. We don't wanna do this alone. So we surrender our life and heart to you. We, we confess that we're a sinner. We believe that you died on a cross for us. We believe that you rose again on the third day so that we could live with your presence in our life and we could fulfill the assignment on our life that you've given us. We surrender everything to you in Jesus' name, amen. I wanna encourage you um, a couple things about Easter real quick. One thing about Easter real quick before Seth comes to close us out. I challenged you last week. I need about 30 of you that come every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. to consider moving to second service on Easter. Um, if maybe you're not assigned that day as a volunteer, maybe um, you're, you've got family coming in from out of town, whatever, if you could just push to second service. I don't need you all to go because then, do the math. I need about 30 to go. And so I encourage you to do that. One other quick announcement. I know you've seen it in the bulletin, but I want to explain before um, Seth comes. The Sunday after Easter, we're making some changes. I don't know if y'all have noticed, but something happened in here. Um, uh, I did some math recently, which you know, <laughs> uh, that's my thorn. It keeps buffeting me over and it's a satanic. Uh, anyway, I did some math recently. We're 100 people bigger right now than we were this time last March. God gets all the credit for that. I tell you that for two reasons. Number one, I think some of y'all think the only reason we're growing is Hope Center. That's a lie. We, we have grown because of Hope Center, and we are so blessed by having them with us. But when people's lives are being changed, people want to come see what's happening. 
So, so, uh, yeah. But we got to make some changes because we want to steward what God is doing and we need room to grow. So we're going to adjust our service times a little bit, making both services move, not just one, because it's not fair to just do one. So we're asking everybody to move a little bit. We believe what it's going to do, it's going to balance our numbers out just a little bit and give us room to grow because we believe that there are people out there that Jesus wants to see what's happening here. We right On a, on a regular Sunday morning, last few weeks, we've had like 16 chairs available two, three weeks ago and six chairs one week. And we just, we got to make adjustments. So I'm asking you to, to, to cooperate. If you're angry about it, come and see me. Tari and I will meet with you privately. As soon as this service, we're gonna move to 9.30 and 11. 9.30 and 11. And uh, just by moving, both of us moving a little bit. We've got some strategies we're working. We believe is gonna help us continue to grow because we believe God's doing something here. So I encourage you to do that. Seth, come on. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.